You're hearing the sounds of a street in India. For Yotsna, a 65-year-old lady, sounds were all she had. She developed cataracts that in Ireland are easily treated. But because she couldn't see, she was abandoned by her family. People like Yotsna are the reason Specsavers support the Hope Foundation, an amazing charity who restored her sight. And when she could see again, they also found her place to live. Find out how we're changing people's lives for the better at specsavers.ie. Hello there, it's Michael Lester here and thank you very much indeed for joining me. Now, if you talk about Gaelic football around Westmead, then the name Dolan is going to be synonymous with that conversation. Former Leinster Championship winner and all-star Desi Dolan is now the new Westmead football manager and I am delighted to say that he and his dad Des Senior are sitting here with me at the moment at the Shamrock Lodge Hotel in Athlone. Lads, lovely to see you. And Des Senior, before we begin anything else, Westmead, the maroon and white, but your family connections are maroon and white of a slightly different background. Yeah, exactly. My father was a Galway man. Yeah. And uh, he used to bring me to all the Galway matches. Yeah. In 1956, I think, Sean Keighley was uh, playing in the All-Ireland final that year. Yeah. And Sean, later on, when I joined Telecom, was my boss. And the funny thing about it was, in after a couple of years... There was a tournament in Banlasloe called the Knacker Welsh Tournament. This lad from Banlasloe went over to America and he made a fortune. He sent home a big cup yeah. to be played for Gaelic football. So they had a tournament in Banlasloe and it ended up at Lone and Banlasloe playing in the final. And I was centre half forward for Athlone and Sean Keeley was centre half back for Banlasloe. Yeah. And I scored 110 that day. And Sean didn't talk to me for a week <laughs> next week in, in, when I in the job. I'm not surprised. He probably wasn't talking to himself. <laughs> yeah. So your own personal background. You weren't, for, actually, your dad was, but you weren't born in Galway. No, I was born in Belfast, Falls mm -hmm. Road in Belfast. Uh, my, my mother was a, a, a school teacher. Yeah. And she was teaching a family in, in, um, in that loan in... Uh, Protestant family and there was a bit of trouble they were going to burn down the house you know that that, that time. time yeah and um, they, they went back to Belfast where they came from and yeah. they asked my mother would she come and finish their education so my father who was going out with my mother at the time followed her up to Belfast and he joined Harden and Wharf Wire and Chips yeah so that's where I was born and then they came home to Adlone and were in Adlone ever since. And what, what age would you have been roughly when you came down here? I was only a baby. I was only sure. three years of age. Yeah. 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 And of course, you've been here pretty much. Yeah, I've been here ever since, yeah. 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 Deeply involved in football. Yeah. Shooting, fishing, all that sort of stuff. All the outdoor activity. All the outdoor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Des, Junior Desi, who we'll yeah. say... Um, you had all that in your background, obviously, and, and your dad and his involvement in football and all that. So it, it wasn't unnatural for you, let's say, to be into the football. No, absolutely. I suppose I, my earliest memories of dad was that he was always training football teams yeah. somewhere around. And we did a lot of traveling. We always used to go with that to training sessions. So uh, when I think in my childhood, we were in Shannon Bridge. They won a few championships. We were in Ardan, Longford. And 
we used to go then to Leitrim then he trained Leitrim there's lots of teams we used to train um, and we always had a great time because in fairness to dad when we were going on the road he'd always be buying ice cream and sweets <laughs> oh and good stuff so yeah. it was always great memories getting on the road and going to matches and that and even I think people would say like geez, you, you know like you developed as a footballer fairly well at a young age yeah. but like I was training with most of them teams at 12 or 13 like in yeah. Shannon Bridge or Arda like um, I'd remember pl- playing with these guys and I'd be only 13 or 14 yeah. years of age yeah. training with senior team and training with men so yeah. I got a good grounding in, in, in all football and sport but the fact that dad played for Westmead and the fact that he played for Leinster as well um, and our involvement has just been so immersed in football that it was always something I gravitated towards yeah getting into the Westmead setup, Des um, how did that come about I mean obviously through your, your club performances and so on yeah well I, I, I started off um, playing well at loan mm. and um, I won two championships as a player yeah and then I was involved in a bad car crash I spent 14 weeks in hospital in a fractured skull <laughs> and um, from there, I became a player manager with Athlone. Yeah. And we won, I think, to- in total between playing and uh, player manager, we won seven championships. Got to a Leinster club final, should have won at 11 points up at half time, and we lost it in your favourite ground, Carlo. Uh, I never won a game there in my life. Mm. Um, and that, that was it, just sort of football took it. Uh, I tried for the Westmead job on numerous occasions. Yes. And unfortunately, I didn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, partly the reason for it is I'm probably a a bit outspoken at times. And uh, I think that's a good way to be because at least people know what you're thinking. Yeah. Um, Sometimes they don't want to know what you're thinking. They don't want to know what you're thinking. (laughs) But uh, I had a great time. I I managed Longford for a couple of years. Yeah. And then I coached along with Eamon Coleman Longford for another couple of years. And then I got involved with Leedstrom and was it with Leedstrom for four years. Mm-hmm. And that was my inter-county experience. Yeah. Uh, not a great deal of success. We won the Hastings Cup, beating Galway and Mio in the semi-final and final uh, with Longford. Uh, Long- I got Longford to uh, an All-Ireland B final, the first one. Yeah. And we played Clare. John Mohan was managing Clare. And uh, Clare had very strong, big, strong men, typical Clare team. It was a dirty old day, raining for the whole weekend. Yeah. And unfortunately, after, uh, I think, extra time, we lost by a point or something like that. And Clare went on to win the Munster title that year, yeah. beating Kerry. Yeah. So they were a good side, like. Sure. Uh, working with Eamon Coleman, that you mentioned there a moment ago for Longford, um, that, that must have been an interesting experience because Eamon, of course, successful dairy manager and, uh, and a, a very good manager. E- Eamon was something else. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're talking about fellas giving motivational speeches. If you heard Eamon Coleman giving his yeah. speech, I can tell you one thing: you'd run out the trust. <laughs> <laughs> I saw we were playing, we were playing Cavan in another twenty-one game, and I was managing the under twenty-one team and coaching the senior team. And Eamon went into the dressing room before we were losing by eleven points, playing with a gale force wind. And Eamon went into the dressing room before me. I didn't realise what was going on, but that somebody had left the windows of the dressing room open and Eamon started inside. And he started abusing this lad. It wasn't his father on the, on the stand. <laughs> and his father, I could see this man coming, running across, and people trying to hold him back. <laughs> and I knew it. Martin McHugh and I were walking across. Martin was the manager of Cabin at the time. We, yeah. we were walking across having a chat. And I said, oh, jeez, I've got to get in quick. <laughs> and I ran in and I told Coleman to shut up and I shut the windows. And lucky enough, the boys stopped your man. <laughs> but it, it was a 
very funny incident. Yeah. But Eamon absolutely tore the skin yeah. off their flesh yeah. with his speech. Yeah. And we went out in the second half and we won the game by four points, believe it or not. Well, it can be rough justice sometimes, but if it works, there you go. But he, he was an, an unbelievable man for mm-hmm. giving a speech. Yeah. You know. Your time, you mentioned to me earlier on uh, when we were chatting, your time at Leitrim, you enjoyed that. Now, there wasn't any success really there, but uh, having said that. Um, not, not really. We, we had a couple of great games against Galway when we could have possibly beaten them if we had a free taker. Uh, we got to a Tommy Murphy Cup final in Crow Park all right. Mm. And people in Leeson were delighted to see their team running out in Crow Park. It didn't matter if they were beaten. Sure, yeah, you know, yeah of course. Eight, yeah. 8,000 yeah. tickets in Leeson, they were gone in an hour. I know. Um, the the, the Leeson supporters and the Leeson people are absolutely fantastic. Yeah. They're the heart and soul of the GA, I reckon. Ah, sure, yeah, yeah. I understand that well. Desi Junior, I mean, obviously, we, through that kind of a family background, as I said a moment ago, uh, you were always going to be a footballer, I guess. You know. <laughs> yeah. do, do you remember like starting off, like, coming through the, the, the grades? Obviously, you do. Yeah, I do. Mm. Um, I, I went to school, in, uh, boarding school in Longford, because Dad was training in Longford at the time, and he mm. thought the players over there were, um, had very good respect and manners, and they're also a big football school. So yeah. I got sent over there. So that gave me a great ground in, in, uh, in, in football and then I suppose we were very successful in the club in Gary Castle and I think that was yeah. the nucleus of the success we ended up winning a Leinster club title yeah. um, but we always we did very well underage and dad I suppose was training them teams as well yeah. so we would have been very close all the way through uh, under 14 all the way through to, to senior and winning senior championships so uh, we had a right good run but yeah we were immersed in it like every aspect of football and all our preparation and the house and Mam and uh, my brothers and sisters, we all just kind of rode in and supported each other in every aspect yeah, of football. Yeah. Like. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times? Visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook. It's what I, I suppose it should be just mentioned, uh, De Senior, that uh, it's not just Gaelic football that you were involved in. I mean, you, you play different sports. Yeah, I was involved in uh, soccer with, with at Lone Town. I played for two years with Lone Town, mm. semi-professional, and scored a goal against Shelburne in my first game. And uh, really enjoyed it. There were, there were, the, the unfortunate thing about it at the time was there was only a couple of local lads on the team. Yeah, they were all yeah. Dublin lads. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I didn't, I could never get to friendly with the Dublin fellas. You know. I know what you mean. <laughs> and yeah. uh, sort of. Well, I suppose you didn't get to know them really because they just came in and out. Well, then at, at that stage, I was, I was going out with Irene, my, mm. my wife, and we bought a site in Coosal. And I, I had sort of fallen out with the Athlone Club over, over a stupid carry on a bill that was never paid and it was only £14 for physio and I had to go to court and pay the bill myself yeah. so I just packed it in yeah. and uh, then I got a kick in the head playing in the championship game in Mullingar 
and there was an investigation into it and the guys were found guilty all right and warned that's their future conduct and that was it so I sort of got annoyed with the mm, whole lot and mm. just pulled out of the whole lot and then went playing the, one of the rugby boys asked me to come and train with them and I went tri- tri- playing with them and then when I was playing rugby some of the soccer boys asked me to come and play soccer with at Lone Town and I did that yeah. and that's that's where the soccer and rugby sure, came yeah. in, into my, my career um, but but uh, more than anything else I love fishing and shooting yeah yeah you know my father was a great gunman and great fisherman and uh, he brought me everywhere shooting you know and I'm shooting since I was seven years of age with him and I'm still shooting and I'm still fishing you know which is it's a great sport fishing you can you can keep at it till you're 102 <laughs> years of age you know of all the the, the sports and the activities that uh, you've been involved in do you have a favourite I get football. Yeah. Gaelic football, definitely, in, in, in the sporting side of things. Um, I mean, watching this fella develop and coming up along the, the way. I, I started coaching. I was managing Longford, and Pat Devlin and Joe Kelly were the people in charge of the Gary Castle under 12 team, and they hadn't a clue what to do. And they came to me one night and asked me, would I come in and do a training session for them? Showed them what to do. So I went in and did a training session. And that training session was only supposed to be for one night. Yeah. It lasted 11 years. Jeez, yeah. And we won the under 12, under 14, under 16, minor and under 21 championship. And at that stage, I said to myself, you're listening to me for long enough. Let somebody else take you over. Because yeah. I knew there were a good, great bunch of lads to stay together the whole way through. Yes. And that particular bunch of lads went to the All-Ireland Club final. Mm. Uh, but they were a very, very a lovely bunch of fellas yeah. to be involved with. They were all dedicated to trying to do better. And uh, then this fella had the success with West, Westmead and became an all-star, which was, was great. We were very proud of that in the family. I was just going to ask you that. I mean, obviously, it was a very proud thing for any dad to see his son put on the, the maroon and white. Yeah, it was. And, and like the way he was playing and, the, you know, yeah. get the scores he was getting. And wh- what people don't realise is that he just wasn't lucky to be a good, accurate free-taker or sh- shooter. I used to, when he was selected on the international rules team, he was only 18 years of age at the time, and we used to go up to the rugby club purposely mm. to train shooting because the rugby goals are narrower no. than the Gaelic goals. And we used to spend an hour, maybe two or three times a day, going up to the rugby club and me feeding the main ball and he shooting, yeah, yeah, practising. Yeah. And that's where, how he got so good at bloody thing, you know. Yeah. And uh, it, it was, I got great enjoyment out of seeing him being selected for Ireland, playing, playing sure. in Australia. Yeah. And uh, the whole family, like, was behind him. Yeah. You know, and his, his brothers now were, were really delighted with him. And he's, he's, you know. Yeah, yeah. Des, from your own point of view, coming into that Westmead setup, that, that in itself was proud times. But it was even better than that. Because Westmead went through that period then. Yeah, um, I suppose we were blessed in so far as we got success because I sw- all your life growing up, you were told that Westmead had never won a cup, Yeah. which was amazing because there was only four counties in the country. We won't go to Fermanagh, there's one, Wicklow's another, yeah. and there, there's one more. And I suppose when you're a young person thinking, geez, you have no chance of winning anything, it's not great. Like. Yeah. But um, we knew we had a great bunch of players and we were competing. We won an under-21 All-Ireland and we played the likes of Tomás O'Shea was playing Ty Kennelly, Noel Kennelly, Aidan McGarrett, I was marking Michael McCarthy and Tom O'Sullivan. And we bet them an All-Ireland final in 1999. So we knew we had a decent mm. bunch of players coming through. 
but um, just not possibly just couldn't didn't have the belief maybe to push on and to go and win something and and then we got the mad Kerry man <laughs> and Paddy O'Shea it yeah. was Paddy O'Shea and I have to say what he did do to us is he loved Crow Park we didn't know what was going on because the early weeks and months were ropey enough because <laughs> his attendance to training wasn't maybe what you'd expect he was late a few times leaving early and you were and we were losing games in the league because we were playing Division 1 so we didn't think we were kind of getting a bit anxious about the whole mean. thing um, but like in Pawdy's world the league didn't mean anything and it was all about the championship and out of nowhere these two milk bottle legs came out of a training session or out of the dressing room in around April time and basically what he was saying is this championship time and we're going to improve and we're going to we're going to get our act together yeah. and every game we played that year we played Offaly uh, Dublin Wexford and Leash twice but every game was in Crow Park yeah. and I think he, it was just his spiritual home yeah. he just got energised by going in there and what he did was he gave us the belief maybe to go on and push on and believe that we could win a cup and hence the, we won the Delaney Cup and it was the scenes for that was amazing because it's supposed to be a county that hasn't won anything I think I think of that Saturday night and I think of the pitch invasion after and days like that you don't see days like that too yeah. often in the GA and we experienced that so it was magical but also Pawdy had and particularly his time with you guys as well he had this kind of charisma about him. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just the team that he was getting on his side. The whole county seemed to be buying into it. Yeah, no. Well, we launched Poddy when he came to Westmead <laughs> initially. And I think, in fairness to Poddy, he came to us. He had the huff after, he, remember, he, was a, he had a comment about the Kerry supporters. I do, the he, savages. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he lost his job, kind of. He wasn't happy about that. I say he was hurt. Yeah. And, he, and we just called him at maybe at the right time. Um, but, like... You would have to say that he he embraced Westmead. He enjoyed Westmead. He, he he the supporters kind of embraced him too. And there's a lot of love and affection. And I'm friendly with Tomas and Mark and yeah. Dara. But they them guys like like coming around and like talking about Westmead. And if you go down to Pawdy's pub, there's a nearly a wall dedicated to Westmead for the time he had and the experience he had. And it was wild times. Like cause we'd had Pawdy landing in fields and. Get coming out with a suit on, you know he's know, famous yeah, for yeah. his suits and all this kind of stuff. And we just didn't know what was going on. We go to places around the country, and we'd walk in, and everyone would ignore us. And then Paddy O'Shea would walk in, and the place would come alive because everybody wanted a little bit of Paddy O'Shea, yeah. that that little bit of magic that he had, <coughs> and the storytelling and the yarns. And he'd have his team meeting. He'd get it out of the way very early, maybe seven or eight o'clock in the evening, and finish up at eight, and we'd be sent to the bed to the room, <laughs> and, and he was out for the night then. <laughs> So he didn't know where he was at. <laughs> <laughs> and probably as well off. Um, you know, one of the things that I remember about that and around 2004 when you won that Leinster title was there was a friend of my wife's uh, who was from Westmead and she wouldn't have any interest whatsoever in football. But I remember would be getting her tickets for matches because yeah. she was bought into it. She was enthused by this whole movement, if you like, you know, which was great. Yeah, and it just, it built every, like we bet Dublin in Crow Park, there was nearly 70,000 people at that game. And like you're kind of going Westmead or going up to play Jason Sherlock and Wheelow and all yeah. the boys and you're going up there. And like people, the bandwagon started to grow. Like we bet, every game was a bit of a novelty. Awfully we hadn't beat them in 60 years, we bet them. So that was a great thing. Then the dubs was back, I think around year time you bet them at some stage. Yeah, we beat the dubs and so was, so, yeah. But it was a long gap between the time we got around. <laughs> So every game then, we'd never been in the Leinster final for a long time. We bet Wexford to qualify. Like, and then there was the whole uh, Mikko and Pawdy factor then. Like, the, you know, the pupil and the master were yeah, coming against yeah, each other yeah. again. And the two of them, sure, 
they were kind of rogues in themselves. They knew each other. They knew how to play the media. They knew how to play the game. They got they got the interest in the crowd going. You talk about some of the, you know, like your Conor McGregor's building up a, an atmosphere. They, them guys were, they knew how to play the game and they were great at it too. Winning that Leinster title, just what are your thoughts on, or memories on that particular day? Because that was obviously so special. Um, I suppose it was just, you're, we were very lucky uh, I think Kevin Fitzpatrick whizzed the ball by the post and we kept our lead and then the, the, the last minute free and but you just couldn't believe it when the referee blew the whistle that we had actually won something yeah. and we'd won the biggest prize you could win in Leinster football and it was like at that time Leinster was really really competitive it was so mm. hard to win it but when the final whistle blew and the scenes and the emotion from all the supporters like the pitch was invaded there was massive support but like the the whole journey home the whole excitement around the county and you'd wish it would happen every year oh, yeah. but the fact that it dis- doesn't happen all the time and it was so magical and so many people got such a kick out of it um, there were great scenes and we we're very fortunate to have that success Sure, yeah and then to top it all off if that wasn't enough uh, from a personal point of view later in the year the All-Star Yeah, no, that was massive um, I suppose the and Dad would say it, it's kind of a culmination of a lifetime of work to get an All-Star because I remember Eamon Coleman would have he was with Derry maybe early 90s and I remember yep. he gave me I suppose he was going to the banquets and he was going to the All-Stars as, a, as a, an All-Ireland winning manager so he, I remember he gave me um, a jersey that was an All-Star jersey that probably was thrown in his bag and he didn't want it handed to me so I remember having that as a young lad and thinking how do you go about winning an All-Star when you're in Westmead like how like it, it's just not feasible it can't be done kind of thing but we put the work in. It was a lifetime of work. It was the freeze. It was the narrow goals. It was just pure hard work. And it was great then to win the Leinster, but also then just to kind of hand the All-Star maybe back to Dad. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. say, there you go. Like, thanks for everything. You know, that kind of way. That's superb. That is superb. You weren't alone on that Westmead team, of course. There were a couple of other good players who ah, great came players. up. Yeah, no, it's great players. John Cain was a super defender. Mm. Gary Conton goal was great fun. He used to have great crack with the Dubs because... Big red head of hair and yeah. he'd go into the hill and he'd be winding up the dubs then like, you know, we get a score. And they kind of ended up having a bit of a mutual respect for each other <laughs> because he'd be winding them up as much as he could. Uh, great Michael uh, Ennis, Damien Healy. Adder was great players, Rory O'Connell and then David O'Shockney was the captain and club mate of mine. But Gary, of course, my brother was on it as well. So yes. that made it special. Yeah. Like, and in yeah. fairness to Gary, you'd mention him because anytime I got a wallop or a, a, a dunt or whatever, he was not far behind protecting and looking after and making sure everything was smooth when, yeah. when I got <laughs> off the ground. And I think actually there was a funny incident when uh, I got hit. Gary came in, cleared everyone out. But Paddy came to Gary to kind of say Gary calm down but Gary didn't realise it was Paddy and he threw back the elbow at Paddy <laughs> and in fairness like Paddy he took it well now but it was just it just hit first that well he took Gary off after <laughs> a few minutes <laughs> after, after your Westmead days obviously you continued to play for, for Gary Castle for years mm. after that with success Um but obviously, like any footballer or any sports person, there comes a time when you have to say to yourself, maybe, I think I've done enough. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was 2014. I played since 98. Um, I suppose it was a long haul in inter-county playing for 16 years the way it was going. It was getting so intense, so mm. busy. Um, and it just at the time, maybe the environment wasn't... 
uh, you get married, kids come into the equation, and I suppose the priorities start to shift around the mid thirties. Like, and I was uh, leaving a busy home, but like there was obviously it was just when you lose a yard of pace, and you know there's days you know it's up, and you mightn't be happy about it, but there's a time to hang up the boots, and yeah. I just knew that. I can't perform at the level that's required or expected and it's time to go. But like it is a difficult thing because you're consumed by it oh, all sure. your life, yeah. you know. But yeah. I was, yeah. You didn't you didn't sort of obviously leave Gaelic games entirely at that stage, um, for various reasons. One of them being your role on the Sunday game. Yeah, um I seen how it's a very cushy lifestyle and <laughs> get well looked after and lots of people running around making yeah. for every need and whim that, that you have. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was great, I suppose. I was very fortunate, maybe, in the time I came in, because you still had your Pat Joe and Column, but like there was more act. There was a time when there were kind of more pundits kind of coming into That's it, right. as opposed to just a staple tree, and it was great fun and excitement. And it probably was a little bit more before maybe the social media kind of kind of took hold and kind of it was a it was a fun to it. We were going to matches. Um, and like everybody be commenting, everyone watched it. The Sunday game was was the sh- big show in town and, yeah. it, and it was the thing to watch and it was a great thing to be involved in. And then people might say, look, um, I have a suit and would you wear it on Sunday? And you're oh, like, yeah, you're t- yeah, you yeah, want me to wear a suit yeah. for you? I was like, of course I'll wear the suit. Like, And things like that was very not, you, do, you just don't expect, but it's show business and it's yeah. fun. Yeah. And then you go around the county for the rest of the week and people want to chat you about mm. what's Michael Lester like and what's <laughs> yeah. Joe as mad as he always seems like, you know. And it's funny pundits because like, um, like the boys are great and they're all sound in that but like we don't live in each other's air like the lads just head off and like but at the same time people were so used to Joe, Pat and Colm and they're all very nice individually but um, everyone wants to know a little bit about the boys as well. Of course they do yeah Gina I I know that one so well. Um, Now though Desi you have taken on another role again Uh, you're now the new Westmead uh, football manager was that a big decision to to take that or was it almost like inevitable? Probably was a big decision. Like I left RT last year to get involved with Westmead. Yes. As I felt, if I didn't get involved, I'm kind of heading towards the forties. I probably the ship would have sailed. Yeah. And I yeah. played until club football until maybe the year before. Um, was it a big decision? I I just kind of said like the opportunity came up. Someone says, "Do you want to manage Westmead mm. as a Westmead player, someone who loves the county, someone who's immersed in football already?" You just can't pass that opportunity. It was there for me. Um, the support of the players the players want me to get involved um, my wife supports what I'm doing I have four kids now at home but at cer- certainly you need that kind of support of as course, well yeah. um, I have a good backroom team I, and I, f- I, I genuinely get the sense and support from the people in the county I yeah. think there's a willingness people are hoping that it goes well for me mm-hmm. um, it's not easy uh, management isn't easy I'm not, I'm not um, you know, I can expect it to be tough division 3 is tough no matter what division you're in it's always tough yeah. because that's your level um, but we look forward to big days. We have an All Ireland series. We had a great year last year, winning the Talton Cup. But we have, you know, we've two division, maybe one team in division two teams. We've a home game in Mullingar next year in the championship against. You could get Dublin. You could get Kerry. You could get any of these Galway teams. Yep. So it's something to look forward to. And I'll be in charge of the boys and looking forward to improving and, and progressing them along because there there is another level in there. We have to find that, and that's sure. what, that's what yeah. I, that's my job to do that. Des, when when uh, Desi here was was getting the job or put his name forward for it, if you, li- if you like. Did you have any thoughts about that? Did you, were you happy for that? Or because you, you've been there, you, you know about it. Yeah, I was happy for him because, I mean, who better than him, the quality of player he was. 
and, and I mean everybody in the county admires him and uh, the group of players that they have in Westmead at the moment admire him as well because he was doing a bit of work with the, with them during the Talsh yeah. Cup and doing yeah. a bit of the forward play and stuff like that so it was there was great support for him you know and uh, need, needless to say our family were totally up for him having and taking it yeah. and um, as he said himself it's very hard to turn down your own county yeah you know, if you're a passionate GA man and passionate footballer, it's very hard to turn down your own county. Yeah. And I think that more than anything else made up his mind for him. I know. So it, it's early days yet, does he? <laughs> uh, but have you started to put a plan, let's say in your own head together, as to what, what your ambitions are and how you're going to go about that? Uh, yeah, I wake up at three o'clock in the morning thinking of football <laughs> at the minute. No, I'm not going to lie. Um, a lot of my thoughts are, is relation to Westmead. Um, we do have to wait for maybe the Westmead champion to finish off. The, the lads are actually going on a team holiday to Mexico, which is it's an opportunity for them to enjoy themselves after winning the Talton Cup. They're going they're to Cancun, which is a Cancun, lovely spot. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, my, my wife had a vision that was like a honeymoon destination. And then <laughs> I, I found out the name of the hotel. It's in the heart of the nightlife. So it's going to be a lively 24-hour bar and stuff like this. I was oh, like, oh, geez. Kelly, we'll see how we well, get the, on. The good news is the manager won't be in it anyway <laughs> <Yeah>. for one. <laughs> so, uh, look, I'm consumed by it. I have um, The lads will start doing, I'm contacting the players. I'll meet them individually. It's, it's, it's a full-time job in relation to looking after a county team they're back to train November 24th they'll probably have six or seven weeks training done before them themselves then it's collective training then the National League comes in the National League is really busy to see the schedule is so tight now yeah. with, the, with the season yeah. the way it is it's so short so then the Leinster Championship next year is standalone Mm-hmm. And then what happens then is you go to the All-Ireland Series, which is like Champions League. So the season, once we get going, it'll be very busy. And But yeah, um, I'm consumed by it. I'm looking at players, looking at talent, trying to get young players in, trying to freshen it up. Yeah. So it's it's exciting time at the minute. And I hope that the positivity stays with it because I'm sure there'll be times when it's, it's difficult and in, in, in lose a game maybe in the National League or something like that. But I'm um, very excited to see how we progress. What do you think of, and, and you can be honest about this, and I suppose honest with yourself as well, yeah. Desi, the level of talent that you think is in Westmead at the moment? It's, you know, there's, there's great prospects there. Um, and I suppose what the, the big thing that you have to do nowadays, since compared to when I was maybe 18 or 19, you don't come into a team at 18 or 19 now and generally make a big impact. It takes a little bit of time yes. to establish yourself. You need to be strong. You need to have a bit of preparation on the weights and stuff like that. Yeah. It's a lifestyle choice. So what we do now in Westmead is we'll get lads from 17, 18, We'll, we'll get them on a strength and conditioning course so they can break into team maybe 2021 with the foundation in so that if you're running into a Lee Keegan, that you're going to be able to write out that tackle. And that's <coughs> where the game has gone. Your Connor Callahan's, yeah. your Brian Fenton's players like this. They've set the template, the mm. standard. It's up to teams like Westmead maybe to get to that level. And that's what we'll try to do. That's what we aspire to do. But I certainly do think, looking around, and I've Tober Clare, um, my old friend Martin McCabe, uh, he's a brother of Derm McCabe, the Cavan yeah. footballer. He's a, he's a young lad doing well. There's lots of talent around, mm. and it's just to spot it and give young people that opportunity because they'll bring a freshness to it and an excitement and, and uh, you know, a bit of uh, energy to the, to the setup, And that's what we need to do as well. One of the things these days that I always admire about Gaelic football, either management or players and that, and particularly from a manager's point of view, is <clears throat> you do this thing as an amateur going into it because you have a career, obviously, outside yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's amateur except 
it's of a professional standard these days. It is. Um, I'm blown away by the level of detail that you have to be uh, kind of get up yes. to speed. Your strength and conditioning is a whole, it's a, it's a lifestyle choice. So players now want to be at the top the at top of the top of the tree in terms of their ability, in terms of the effort that's put into training, that's put in. The whole side of nutrition complements the strength and conditioning. Then the whole area of performance analysis where you're sitting down watching the videos, like literally every kick of every game of the opposition and yourselves is analyzed nowadays. Um, talking to um, your selectors, picking your teams, picking your panels. Disappointing players too is a big thing. Like, you know, some players want to get on the panel. We have to trash it out and see can we get the best 30 players. So the level of detail that's involved, um, I suppose... That's the way it is, and if you can't, if you're not willing to do it, well, then you shouldn't be doing sure. the job, and and that's the way it is. I'm I'm willing to do it. I'm looking forward to it. I have good people around me. I think that's critical in a job that's busy. You need to support the people that you can trust, oh, and, sure. it, and it'll yeah. be good. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, the senior. Would you have any advice for him if, if you were to, to offer him any advice? I know you probably wouldn't want well, to get in his ear too much. He's, but he's clever enough so he is to f- formulate his own ideas. Yeah. But when I was manager, I always had two systems of play. And, and that was very important for me when I hadn't got the quality of players. I know what you mean. We said that Desi has no... He has some very, very good players at the minute. But I think two systems of play is very, very important. Uh, when I was with Leeds, we put a fellow called Declan Maxwell in full mm-hmm. forward. And if the short game wasn't working, we hit long ball in the top of Declan, and he he per, he performed yeah. miracles for us in there as well. Um, I'm quite sure he'll have his own ideas about that. I'm not going to try and interfere in any shape or form, <laughs> but I certainly will advise him if he look he looks for advice. Yeah, it's been a great journey, Des, uh, both for yourself in terms of Gaelic games and of course of the family. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's a fabulous sport. And then everybody, it's an Irish sport as well, and we're all Irish people. Sure, yeah. And, and uh, all our family, all our grand, my kids, are his kids, and all the grandchildren, they're, they're all into sport. Yeah. Gaelic and soccer and swimming, they're top-class swimmers. Um, they're unbelievable, so they are. They're, they're so talented. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we're delighted now for this fella going forward because... Over the last couple of years with COVID and everything else, we were sitting at home oh, with sure. nothing yeah. to do. Yeah. And now we, we have something to look forward to. And we also have, the, the if he loses it again, we have the cr- we're going to have the crack with him at the dinner table as well. <laughs> but I think, having said all that, I think Westmead really are a Division 2 team. Yes. No pressure then. <laughs> <laughs> That's her first challenge. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've already said that to him. Yeah. You know, and I mean, in my time, when I think back to my time playing with Westmead, it was so simple what we were doing, running around the field a couple of laps oh, sure and then play yeah. a bit of a game. And, yeah. and Brendan, Brendan Quinn, who was one in All-Ireland with Dublin and managed Dublin to win in All-Ireland, became our manager. And at that time, we, we started to improve because he was giving us a few different ideas. I know what you mean. Yeah. And at that time, we beat Dublin five or six times in a row. We beat uh, Donegal, we beat Down, they were All-Ireland champions the year before. Yeah. We beat uh, Armagh, we beat Throne, we beat Monaghan. You know, we, at that time we were in Division One, believe it or not. Yeah. And uh, we had th- the reason we were fairly good that time. We had two big midfielders, six foot four men, well able to catch. What's the, the ball. saying? Win midfield and you can win the game. And that time, you see, 
there was long kickouts. There was none of this yeah, short yeah. kickout or tactical kickouts. There was just long kickouts, and the best man won it. And, and we that might be coming back, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> it, it may be, but we had two great midfielders, Mick Carley and Don Murta. They were two huge men and yeah. two great fielders. And really and truly, were a match for anybody. I remember 69 we went to a league semi final against Kerry in Grove Park. We were point or two up at half time. And Mick Carley had been in bed with the flu for the pr- two weeks before that. And at the second half, sure, he died. Mm, he mm. wasn't able, to, and Kerry got the better of his yeah. defeats by a couple of points, and they won the league themselves then afterwards. But they're good memories. Like I mean, the, the day we beat Dublin, that was a great memory. I mean, people were saying, people were saying that the, the Dubs got out in Kilbegan and they were made walk to Tullamore <laughs> for the warm up. <laughs> That's the reason we bet. <laughs> ah, yeah, lads. It's been fantastic talking to you. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. And we look forward to the journey ahead for Westmead. Thank Thank you very much, Mikey. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations.